Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. I have to record from, uh, from my iPad today, so this is going to be a lot of fun. But um, So uh, today we are continuing our message series, Body Armor, which if you're not familiar or you haven't been for the last few weeks, we've been exploring Ephesians chapter 6, which is uh, a passage where the Apostle Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus, which is in modern-day Turkey. And in chapter 6 of, the, of Ephesians, he was telling them how to stand and fight in a world that is against them, a world that is dark. And he talks about how it's not just, um, how it's not just people. He said there's actually spiritual forces at work behind the scenes that are seeking to derail what God wants to do in our lives and even globally. And so let's read Ephesians chapter 6 together. If you have a Bible, like a hard copy, analog Bible today, uh, if not, I'm going to read it as well. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. And it says, Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil, against the spiritual forces in heaven. So he's very clear where the problems are coming from. And then he says, for this reason, because of all of that, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand Stand, therefore, and this is where the armor comes into play. Stand, therefore, with truth, like a belt around your waist, with righteousness, like armor on your chest, like a, like a flak jacket, if you will, and your feet sandaled with the readiness of the gospel of peace. In today's passages, in every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now today we're talking specifically about the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. And we want to ask the question, what is their purpose? What, what is the shield? I think it seems pretty obvious, but there's a lot to it. And the helmet, what is the importance of the helmet and how do we use them? So we're going to read those scriptures again real quickly, and then we're going to explore them together and see that they actually work together. So the shield of faith is Ephesians 6, 16, right? And it says in every situation, it says to take up the shield of faith, and then it tells you what it does. It says with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, as I was studying this week, there is so much in this one verse. Like, it just, it sounds simple. Okay, I'm just going to hold the shield of faith, and I'm going to have faith in my life, and that's going to help me to live the life of faith, and I'm going to be safe from the enemy's attacks. But actually, if you study, if you get in there and pull it back to the original Greek, which the Bible, the New Testament was mostly written in Greek, like, Greek is a language to where when we try to translate something, it's really hard. You have to have almost like a paragraph sometimes to, to be able to translate maybe like one or two words. It's a very visual language that we just don't have words for in our language. So I wanted to unpack some of these words. It's so dense. And even though we don't have a screen today, I want you to just sort of imagine, okay? I want you to just, just try to track with me a little bit because I think when you understand what Paul was really saying, 
it really makes a huge difference in understanding what it means to be wearing this armor on our, on our bodies. So, so the first one is that it starts with by saying in every situation, right? And that sounds pretty simple, in every situation. But the Greek word there is actually, it's a word called pasin. And pasin literally means everything or the total or the whole. So the idea isn't just in every situation, it's at all times in the completeness of your life. There should not be a single place in your life where what we're going to talk about today shouldn't be active. The idea is the totality of your existence in your private life, in your personal life, in your work life. When you go to, uh, to a gymnasium, when you go to church, when you're at a, book, a football game or a basketball game or going into the grocery store, in every situation, he's saying, take up the shield of faith. And then it says, take up the shield of faith, and that sounds pretty obvious, but here's the imagery. How many of you guys have ever seen a movie like 300, where you have the Spartans? How many of you have ever seen, like, Roman soldiers? Now, I had a picture, and this is where it's tough, okay, because we had an image on the screen. But the Roman soldiers didn't use those little tiny shields that you see, like, you know, the little round ones, like a buckler. We're talking about a four-foot-tall, two-and-a-half-foot-wide shield that they would actually walk in front of and they, could, they, could, they would actually hide behind it or put it above them. There was a formation that the Romans would use where they would walk in a column and they would have the shields in front and above and it was like a complete armor piece that would block any attack of arrows or rocks or anything. So as they were moving forward to attack like a city wall or whatever it might be, they were completely protected. And this is why the Romans were able to take over the, uh, their empire, why they were able to expand their empire was because of their fighting tactics, but particularly this shield. So when the Apostle Paul was talking about taking up your shield, the imagery that he's writing with is that everybody would understand shield. At the time, when you said the word shield, they were thinking about this shield. And how do I know that? Because the Greek word is a word called thyreon. And you know what the word thyreon means? Entrance. This is so interesting. As I was reading that this week, Entrance. So the idea is to close off an entrance. That's what that shield did. So when he's saying, take up your shield, he's saying to close off any potential entrance of an attack coming your way. That's what this, is, that's what this shield is. That shield is called an entrance. And so they were using it as a play on words to, to, to block off any available entrance of an arrow or a sword or anything that might, you know, might be able to hurt you. Now, in our case, think about it this way. Think about this, what this means for us. It says to take up the shield of faith like a shield to close off the areas of our lives that we might be vulnerable. In our mind, what areas of our mind are vulnerable? Using the shield of faith to close off the entrance to our mind for attacks. Close off the entrance to our heart. Close off the entrance to our soul and even to our body. Allowing our faith to protect us against the attacks of the evil one. That's what it's saying. So, so I love that the Greek there, it says in every situation, in the totality of our lives, in the most minuscule of places, to be mindful and to take up the shield to close off are the entrances around the, the areas of our body or our, of our being to protect ourselves. But why? The next section says with which you can. And this is a Greek verb. And it's, I'm going to mess this one up real bad. It's dynastesi, dynastesi, I'm not sure, D-Y-N-E-S-E-S-T-H-E, dynastesi, which means to be able to do something. It's a verb, okay? It's this concept that, that you have the ability to do something. But as I dug deeper, there was something interesting that popped up. 
It actually said to dare to do something. So it wasn't just this idea of, okay, now that you have the shield of faith, now that you have this thing that protects you, that you should just sit there. It actually is saying, because in all situations, because you have this incredible shield of faith that protects everything that we have, you now have the ability to dare to be something else, to step outside of your comfort zone, to become a person that God wants you to be more than just a victim. And here's what I would say is this. You are not only on the defensive now, but you can actually dare to attack. You can actually bring light instead of just being cowering against the darkness and just hiding up in your hole. This is literally the verbiage that's in this passage. So when it's translated to English and it goes, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the arrows of the enemy. You're like, okay, that's great. That means I can protect myself from the onslaught. And sometimes our lives feel like an onslaught, right? Does it sometimes feel like your days are going terribly, that one thing after another is happening all the time? Man, and I feel like being a Christian is hard, and I understand that. But Paul, in Greek, this is the thing, it's like his readers got all of this because they understood what Greek meant, and so that made sense to them. And that's why we're translating it. When we understand what it's meaning, he's saying, take up the shield of faith so that you can be offensive like the Romans were. You are protected on all sides because of your shield, and now you can move forward. That's the idea of the shield of faith. It's not just so you can hide in a corner somewhere. It's that you can now have the confidence to move forward and attack. And so the last part is this word extinguish. So take up your shield of faith. In every situation, take up the shield of faith so that you can extinguish all of the fiery arrows of the enemy. This word extinguish is a Greek verb for, it's called spenimi. And it literally means to put out a fire or to extinguish something. But in secular writing, the same word was used to mean to annihilate or to cause to disappear. So the idea here is not just for it to, to like you defensively, but actually to have such an impact in the surroundings that the attacks stop coming altogether. That, that the source of that area, because you now have the confidence to fight and that you know you're defended even when you're fighting, that you can defeat the enemy and the attacks that are happening from that space will stop. They will cease. They will be annihilated. They will disappear. So interesting. So what is this verse saying? I paraphrase. This is what my paraphrase is based on the translations we just talked about. At all times, in all situations, we should activate faith to create an impenetrable fortress around our entire being so that we can not only withstand spiritual attacks and temptation, but that we might also rise up and attack the darkness, capturing that area, ultimately causing the attacks to a stop and disappear for a time. Do you see how dense that passage of scripture was? Just this, this sentence, and it turns into a whole paragraph in Greek. So how do we do that? How do we activate faith? Activating faith means standing on the truth of God's word. It means choosing to believe even though we can't see things. It means being certain that God is bigger and more reliable than anything we face. It means choosing to live and to talk by faith rather than worry. And this is hard, right? Because a lot of us, we are verbal individuals. I'm a verbal person and I speak what I feel. But there's a challenge to me and maybe even to you. And maybe it's your thoughts instead of your words. But I would say to you is this. Are we really a faithful individual? Are we really activating or living by faith if we speak doubt all the time? If we speak worry all the time? I'm not saying that you shouldn't have doubt. And I'm not even saying that doubt is unhealthy. What I am saying is that if that's all we think about, if every time a situation comes up, we're not choosing the road of faith. 
If we're not choosing the words of faith, if we're not choosing to think about faithful, that God is bigger, God will take care of this. You know what I mean? It's a choice that we have to make. We have to activate that faith. That's why it says to take up the shield of faith. It's not just saying, have it with you. You have to choose it. And if we want to be faithful individuals, where this faith is that closing off the entrance to make us impenetrable, then we have to choose it. Activating faith means choosing to live and talk by faith rather than worry. And it means hearing from God and walking forward without the full plan. I didn't really know what today was going to look like. Honestly, I didn't know. I, I got a phone call and I said, okay, we're just going to move forward. We have a value at our church. And when we're talking about this in the future, our, our leadership team, we got together and we wrote down four core values of our church that we've been living for a long time, but we wanted to put down so that we made sure that it was clear to everyone. And one of them is all in for the one. All in for the one, that we will never stop. When challenges come along, we will push forward because it's worth it. Because if one person needs to hear the message today, it's worth it. That's the idea. So we're here today. We could have taken Sunday off. We could have said, you know what, let's just take the Sunday off. And there is something to be said about rest. But we also made the decision to say, you know what, I don't have the full plan. God, I don't know what's going to happen today. I don't know what it's going to be like. Our kid's going to be screaming. Is it going to be nuts? But I said, something rose up in me and said, no, you need to stick to the plan that I've given you. And we did. And here I am walking forward. This is not to pat me on the shoulder. I'm just trying to use it as a teaching example. We don't always have the full plan. But we have to trust that God is bigger. That God is bigger than whatever issue is going on in the other building. You know, that God is bigger than whatever is happening in our own lives, that we're going to continue to walk forward. We hear from God speaking, and we activate faith saying, I trust you. I trust you. The shield of faith allows us to move away. This is, I thought this was so big. The shield of faith allows us to move away from the posture of a defensive victim to one of an offensive victor. We can move from becoming a defensive victim, which is hiding but the shield it gives us such confidence that we can now become an offensive victor with the power of God living in us. This is incredible. What about the helmet of salvation? This one won't be nearly as long. Ephesians chapter 6, 17a says, take the helmet of salvation. And the biggest thing here is interesting is that the word for take is different than the other ones. Like take the shield, take this, take that. This word actually means receive. Like it's given to you instead of taking. Like you're not grabbing off the shelf. This one means that someone's handing you something. It means to receive or to accept, as in receive from God. What are we receiving? The hope of salvation, the helmet. Receive the hope of salvation. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 says this, But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled and put on. Did you know that the armor of faith, the armor of God, is actually mentioned twice? Here it is in 1 Thessalonians 5.8. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled and put on the armor of faith and love and a helmet of the hope of salvation. Paul really liked this military helmet sort of like body armor theme, right? But it made sense because all they did was they walk around and they were occupied by Romans. Every city that they were in was occupied by Romans. So they would see soldiers everywhere. So they'd understand the concept of armor. And they felt weak. Think about that. They were not armored. They were not soldiers. These people were weak. They were bullied by the Roman soldiers all the time. So for Paul to tell them to put on the armor of God helps them understand what he's saying. We are strong as Christians. We're not weaklings. We're not to be like victims. No, we are to be offensive powerhouses. And that's what's incredible, the imagery. And so they would have been incredibly excited about this concept of armor. 
and put on the helmet of the hope of salvation. What we're receiving when we put on the helmet is the hope of salvation, but not an uncertain one. Hope in our language sounds like, well, I hope I get it. Like, I hope I get this for Christmas or that maybe someone heard me and my birthday present will be what I wanted. That's not what we're talking about. The hope of salvation is more like a certainty. How do I know that? Romans 5.5 tells us. It says, this hope will not disappoint us. Because of God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. It's talking about salvation. That we have a hope for what one day things will be made right. That one day Jesus will come back and we will be saved. Because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we have an assurance of salvation. And we receive it like a helmet that protects our minds against doubt. What is the importance of a helmet? It protects the head, the most valuable part of our body. The mind is the place that the enemy likes to attack the most or most often because it controls the rest of us. What do I mean by that? If we doubt our salvation, as many people do, a lot of times people, they say, how do I know I'm saved? How do I know that God loves me? How do I really know what, what, I, what my life is going to be like in the afterlife if there is one? How do I know these things? If we doubt our salvation, this is what happens. We live in fear that we're never good enough. If we doubt that God is good, then what happens? We begin to question his motives. If we doubt that God's word is true, then we disarm ourselves and we willingly take off the armor that is protecting us. This is why the helmet is so important. Because the assurance of salvation encourages us and it fills us with hope. It protects our mind, knowing with, with a certainty in faith that we are saved, that God loves us, that we are the children of God. Knowing that certainty gives us a confidence that protects our mind. When we know who we are, and that nothing can separate us from the love and the salvation of the Father, it brings clarity in our lives. It brings hope in our lives. So the helmet of salvation protects our minds from the lies of the enemy, and it gives us courage to push forward. So how do we effectively use the helmet? Number one, measure every incoming thought against the truth of Scripture. This has to be our standard. It has to be our, our drawing line. As Christians, we have to say any thought that comes in, whether it be from a tabloid or from a news source or from a friend or a family member or a co-worker, any thought that comes in must run through the filter of the truth of Scripture. That's what we have to do. Number two, we must evaluate all doubts against faith. Again, hear what I said. I didn't say not to have doubts. What I said was to evaluate them in the presence of faith. Because faith is the thing that holds all of it together. It is the thing that creates the fortress around us. You can have doubt, but you cannot be controlled by it. It's so important to understand the difference. We have to evaluate all of our doubts in light of faith. And number three, we override fear, doubt, and despair with courage, hope, and the joy of salvation. You understand why salvation is so important? is because it allows us to override the things that we can't get away from in our life. I know a lot of people who have a sense of dread in their life every day. A sense of, they feel hopeless. Like there is an underlying sense of, I just don't know that what I do matters. And this feeling comes from people who have no hope. It comes from people who don't have joy. It comes from people who don't have courage that is deeply rooted, and that comes from knowing Jesus. It comes from, a, from a, a, an understanding of who God is. So the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation, they work together. Let me tell you how as we close. Faith and salvation go hand in hand. That sounds obvious, right? I have to believe in Jesus before I can be saved. 
This passage is telling us to stand firm against the flaming arrows of the enemy, but also to fight and to stand and resist and fight. So here's what this means. Faith represents the shield that encompasses us and it protects us. It is the catalyst behind every element of our Christian walk. We talked about it. It sounds like it makes sense, right? The idea of faith. Everything we do, we stand in faith. We stand on God's word. How do I know it's true? I'm believing it's true. I, I, I hear God's commands or see what Jesus tells me to do. I walk in those principles in faith that it will make a difference in my life. I see it work and then I see how it's changing me. And so I continue to do it in faith that it will continue to happen. This is how faith works. It's a catalyst in every element of our walk. Faith in doing away with dependence on self, takes away the fuel of the enemy's darts. It creates a sensitiveness to the Holy Spirit, to God speaking to us, by which the power of temptation is neutralized. When we hear God's word, when we sense his spirit living inside of us, when we hear God speaking to us, when we become more sensitive because of faith, when we choose faith, we become more sensitive to what God is saying to us. And that helps neutralize the attacks of the enemy. It enlists the direct aid of God. And I want you to think of this image here. The warrior does not hide behind his shield. He doesn't hide. What does a warrior do? He puts the shield in front of him and he peeks his head up above it as he has his sword in hand. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You can't fight a battle if you're just hiding. Instead, the shield is so big that it encompasses his body and he walks with his helmet and his head above the shield so that he can move forward with the sword out on its side. Watch the movie like uh, 300. Watch any movie that has, has Roman soldiers in it and you will see this exact tactic. Now why is that important? Because of the helmet of salvation. The hope of salvation represents the head of the warrior looking up with courage because he knows the faith has saved him. Because he knows that he is a child of God. He knows his identity. He knows that faith has created an impenetrable wall around him. He now has the courage of salvation that is a helmet protecting his mind with which he can fight even when he is in the middle of battle. Faith and salvation work together. Salvation is received because of faith. And we have confidence and we have hope in all circumstances because of the promise of salvation. You've got to understand this. It's so important. When you raised your hand one day and said, I want to know Jesus and receive salvation, it, that idea there is so powerful. It means that you are now a child of God and you now have something that no one else has who is outside of this family. You have something now that allows you to be offensive instead of defensive. It allows you to have control in your circumstances because God is in control. So what's the big idea today? How do we wrap this all together? If you were to say, give me a blurb, Jared, that I can say what the helmet of uh, salvation and what the shield of faith is, it is this. Faith is a fortress and salvation is swagger. <laughs> Listen to me. Faith is a fortress and salvation is swagger. What do I mean by that? I know it's a funny word to hear your pastor say. When we live by faith, there is nothing that can destroy us. Faith is the shield that protects every area of our life. But when we have the assurance of salvation and the identity of a child of God, we can stand tall with confidence and a boldness to take on any challenge. Faith is a fortress. Salvation is swagger. Seriously, that was the word. As I was trying to think of what to, to say, it encompasses all of it. Because we have the faith like a fortress that protects us, 
we now can stand tall and walk with a swag to our step because we, not, not a prideful, like, I'm better than you, but a, a knowledge and understanding, like a, there's a certain level. You didn't see a Roman soldier walking around like cowering. No, they were proud. They knew that they could win any battle. That's swagger. And that's what we're called to walk with as Christians, and we can do that because of the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. Take up the shield of faith and receive the helmet of salvation. Would you guys stand with me and pray? Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home, or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.